and I'll ask our first lady to get ready and maybe we'll do a countdown from 10. So we'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good job. Good job. Great. Have a good time tonight. Oh my God, Ryan Van Fleet. 2008 couldn't be more 2008. The Shawn Michaels Jericho feud has begun. Bleedies, this is the final TV 14 pay per view in WWE before the PG era begins. CM Punk just cashed in. John Cena just spray painted JBL's limo. In Bleedies, this is our theme song. It's Great American Bash 2008. Great American Bash with American Bang doing the theme song. All of it came together so well for me. Oh, wait, it was a hot time, I guess, because I definitely bought that EP that had four tracks. And American Ride by American Bang still holds up, although the guitar solo isn't really a solo. And ladies, there was nothing American about this bash. It was more like Bash 2009, besides the fact that American was in this band's name. <laughs> and there was red, white, and blue ropes, but that didn't really give me a patriotic vibe, ladies. It gave me more of a 1995 vibe, which I love, but we needed more great American in the bash. That's true. I, I guess I didn't really put two and two together because, yeah, it almost seemed like the, the color scheme, the ropes being red, white, and blue, sure, but even the poster, it's like an orange. Like they really started to, they might as well have just called this one the bash. There wasn't, there wasn't like a Rusev Jack Swagger flag on a pole match. There wasn't Umaga doing something with like a flag. Like it really just felt like this could have been a breaking point or whatever that pay-per-view was called. Validis, Triple H broke up Edge's wedding. It was finally going to happen. So much happened in this month. But at the same time, I feel like the only thing that saved it was John Cena again. But, ladies, let's just dive in, because uh, after we American bang to the music, uh, and by the way, we finally get rid of your new metal, your Christian rock, whatever the fuck that, what's that band you always bring up? Alter Bridge, my favorite. Oh, finally. They do, like, every pay-per-view song. That or, or What was that one that does the back off, I'll take you on? Wasn't that a song? Uh, back off, that's Trapped, and yeah, that was Bad Blood 2003. Yeah. I, I didn't have that album, but I like that song, and I also liked uh, Echo. That's another one of their hit songs. Trapped. Good riddance. Ring down. Get your drink down. It's a great American bash, motherfucker. Biggest party of the summer. This should replace SummerSlam. I'm just going to say it, Vladies. Great American Bash could be the biggest party of the summer. Staples Center every year, Vladies. Let's just have two huge parties every summer. Well, for me, as a wrestling fan at this time, summer was a little harder to follow up with wrestling. You you were always kind of, you had all this stuff to do. And you, since you weren't going to school and then getting home from daycare, you didn't know that it was Monday night and Raw was on. You just kind of thought like, oh shit, SmackDown's on right now. I should watch it. So summer was always hard to follow up. If they would have advertised every pay-per-view as a party, I wouldn't have missed anything when I was 12. Ladies, we start with a tag team fatal four-way. And Your how, favorite. How good did Miz look in slow motion as he came out next to, what's that guy's name? It, it, oh, Johnny Nitro. I feel, I'm so off today, Vladies. I mean, I've watched too much wrestling. I saved it all till today. I watched Hulu <laughs> Raw, Hulu SmackDown, this pay-per-view. I don't know who this guy was that was next to the Miz, okay? But the Miz was in slow motion holding up a title. And it just brought me back to Edge and Christian, season two, episode two, when Christian finally got his WWE championship out of a, out of a hidden treasure from Carlito. Ladies, please, I, we'll cover that when we cover 2018. But right now, we have Miz's amazing entrance. The Edgeheads are finally on their own. And I've never seen Zack Ryder look more like Edge than after he finally leaves them. Yeah, exactly. What do you yeah, think the, of this match, the, ladies? The, oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the Jesse and Festus and then Philly and Hornswoggle, this was kind of... It, like, right when it started, I was like, this is what Kevin didn't like about the last pay-per-view. And now we're opening a fuck. When you're watching these in sequential order 10 years later, it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, Hornswoggle and Finley must have been super over because here they are in another opening match in another another tag title opportunity. And I think if Miz and Morrison would have won this, it would have just been whatever. But the fact that we got to watch Hawkins and Ryder win belts... 10 years ago and not be who they are today. It was kind of cool to see. However, this match really, as far as the opener, this really didn't grab my, like if you would have opened this with Matt Hardy's awesome song, I might've paid attention. This one, I kind of snoozed. Ladies, I legitimately 
literally stopped talking because I thought I was done with the teams. Fatal four way. <laughs> I said Miz and a guy I don't know. And then Edgeheads, and one of them looked like Edge. And I forgot Festus was there. I didn't even write that down. And Hornswoggle was running around. But ladies, I don't have any more notes till the CM Punk promo, which <laughs> follows this. So I believe the Edgeheads, though, win these tag titles. So I hope Edge holds on to them. Is it true that he's not with them anymore? I know there was a lot of drama going into this pay-per-view with Edge, with his big wedding breakup. He cheated on Vicky with A-Boy. Oh, Alicia Fox, what a storyline. When they kiss Felides, and then she stops him. But then she dives in. Oh, my God, Felides, I love it. This is so 2008. And this is when Wade Barrett's crush was beginning on A-Boy. Finally, he would get a hold of her a few years later, Felides. And we'll cover that when we get to 2011. The heartbreak of Alicia Fox ends the summer of punk and believe me you're not going to believe it we're going to american bang move to the music <laughs> we're going to bring it back but vladies the edgeheads win these fucking titles they won this match and i think it was kind of just in a devious way like they just kind of threw some like hornswoggle off the top rope and pinned them and they let they it almost seemed like a, a heist like they left like holy shit we just won we got to get out of here like they didn't do like the uh dramatic like posing with the belts like look at us our dream has come true and i guess technically they've I think they've been tag champs before this, like not as not as the Edgeheads, but as the Major Brothers or whatever. So maybe this wasn't a big deal for them. But I just thought, like, you know, La Familia's—they're winning belts again, man. Let's get a big celebration. But yeah, this—I really wanted. To, this was one of the few pay-per-views where it's like I need to watch the fucking build-up to this because I get, you know, you don't see La Familia. I know that you know Ch- uh, Vicky and Edge obviously d- doesn't work out, but. You're looking around this pay-per-view like, where's Chavo? Where's Bam Neely? Where's La Familia? Ladies, the, they were the major brothers. They were in WCW. What the fuck? We got to cover 2001 when they were fucking taken over. Late WCW might be our next venture. I've been wondering where to go because 2008 is almost wrapping up. We got to skip one of them that's left. That's how few that are left because we already saw Unforgiven. And let's face it, it peaks at that. So maybe we'll have to bring out some WCW 99. Really torture each other for a fucking <laughs> a few months. God, I don't want to watch Johnny the Bull stand bully. Well, ladies, it's CM Punk's promo. And what'd you just call me? What the fuck? I've been called everything from shrimp scampi to stromboli. I don't know what you just called me. But please, we get a CM Punk promo where he says, I'm not Shawn Michaels. I'm not Edge. I'm not Batista. And he's just talking about how he's a different type of champion. And we find out later, ladies, he's the type of champion that doesn't win and then gets a finisher after not winning. So that, we'll cover that when we cover 2008, that match. Yeah, once we get to that match, we'll cover it. But I did, I did enjoy this promo. However, maybe just... Looking through my 2018 goggles, I really I, I hate CM Punk. I don't know. I don't know if I have like this weird, like I'm never going to forgive him for walking out. Or I guess I just don't like how he loves himself. He really thinks he's the greatest thing that ever happened. So during this promo, it's just he already thinks he's the shit. And he just looks like a fucking little guy out there. He doesn't look like a champion. Ladies, he's he was got- more over than Batista. He, he knew he was the cool one. Remember when he was in the ring and Triple H put his arm around him when he was more over than DX? And ladies, wait till you watch Edge and Christian season two, episode two. And Finn Balor has the only shitty part on it. Because he does a sketch on what over means. And he flips eggs. Over. It's like, what is this? The Z Long Island story? Like, this is stupid. But then it, gets, it shows Bobby Lashley and he goes, over? And shrugs. And that kind of saved it. But Vleeties, CM Punk was so over. And again, we'll get to that when we get to his match because the real problem is about to happen. How can you be mad at CM Punk when Tommy Dreamer comes out and wrestles in a fucking t-shirt again? (laughs) I don't even think he had the pay-per-view shirt on this time. It might have just been a plain black shirt. He should wear those two-stripe Adidas knockoff shirts that The Rock used to wear in 98, which we may be covering next. If we do cover 98, maybe we'll go WCW and WWE. What the fuck? Patreon? Patreon's getting a treat when we pick 1990 Attitude Era. 1998. Ladies, please. That's what I call it. But, (laughs) ladies, this match was disgusting. Tommy Dream is who you should be angry about. And you asked where Bam Nelly was. I think Bam Nelly's the guy who helped Mark Henry. Or (laughs) that might have been Sammy Guevara. I'm not sure who he is, but he was that Maven with hair? Ladies, who was this vanilla midget who turned on Tommy Dreamer at the end? 
this was Colin Delaney. He was the when you when you re, uh, rewind the clock back to 08, he was sort of the Ellsworth. He was the oddball, like I, I'm a wrestler, but I obviously don't look like a wrestler. And he won so he won a couple matches to get a contract, and he's like this little underdog hero. Dude, Colin so Delaney from the Colin Delaney, Delaney. yeah. Why not Dude, make him a heel? He graduated two years below me, Abington High School. I didn't know he got in the WWE. Him and that one-legged guy are going to be the two biggest long shots. We could have fucking made it, ladies. I'm taking Tom Phillips' gig. I'm going to hit him in the back of the leg with a pipe. What do we have to do to fucking take... You know what? I should aim for Renee Young's job before his. Well, I can aim for Tommy Dreamers at least. Because, yeah, him doing the job here, it was more of just... I didn't even feel like we got Mark Henry over because he beat like... Like it wasn't oh, an extreme God. rules match. It just wasn't anything special. It was five minutes of. Ladies, I'm doing the Finn Balor shrug at the idea of Mark Henry being over in this. This was the most awkward finish, and Colin Delaney sucks. He cheated on my fucking tests in high school, and he needed my help in this finish because it was you could see it coming a mile away. He was already reaching out to grab him, like waiting for him to jump. It was ladies. Yeah, I was... he was like on the ring apron, like you can do it, Tommy. Like nobody Ugh. does that. It was dreadful. And then after we move on from that, it begins. We get a recap video of the feud of the year. The feud that made us cover this year. It's no Colin Delaney. Uh, actually, <laughs> there, but then again, Shawn Michaels did super kick that other guy he trained. That There is a Luke. What's his name? Uh, Lance Cade. Lance, <laughs> Lance Garrison Cade. He was a... Uh... Uh, one of, he was a tag champ with uh, Mark Gingerak, and then he was a tag champ with uh, what's it? Uh, what's the Southern guy that used to sing Trevor Murdoch? He was awesome. What would I do without you? There's a Luke Cade in this fucking feud, though. <laughs> if we imagine taking him out and putting Colin Delaney in, Colin Delaney's like a little Daniel Bryan before Daniel Bryan. You gotta see his drop kick off the top rope, best back bump you ever saw. But ladies, I'm telling you, this recap video made me hate this feud. I am so sick really? of I'm so sick of this. And it's because we started with Unforgiven and we kind of saw the end. Not the ending, but right before the ending where it peaks kind of. The punching the wife happened. And then we started this year over and we watched it unfold. And from him yelling at him on the stretcher and that fucking dumb Batista match a few weeks ago, which was actually months and years ago, uh, I just don't want to see it anymore. I did like when Shawn Michaels went into Jericho's face and said, you will never be me that's a fun little line but let's do all let's take this four-month thing and make it like two months fleeties and move right we're covering it week to week we don't have to wait the whole time imagine if we were living this shit feud now i know why you stopped watching wrestling <laughs> maybe that is true maybe if maybe the weeks of because even watching raw and smackdown these past two weeks in 2018 i've been like we have been inching like and when i like we've been centimetering our way to TLC. Like no, nothing is happening in wrestling. It's just inch, inch. And then maybe back in 2008, it was the same deal here where it's like, holy shit. When is Colin Delaney turning heel already? We, it's so obvious. I'm watching ECW on sci-fi and I, it's so obvious. Uh, but with this Jericho Sean match, I really love this match. I like that. It ended by the ref Please. stopping it. Sean was all bloody. I like Chris almost acting like, you know, like he got the punch over. And this was before he punched, uh, what's her name, Rebecca. So it's, you know, it was just a combination of Ladies, things. when does Redhead Natalia come out? <laughs> <laughs> How great is that part? Try to watch a fucking pay-per-view and skinny Redhead Natalia comes out. It's like, come on, gain 20 pounds, dye your hair blonde, and put on cat ears. This is not put you. put on some, yeah, some tighter span. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we, we got we to gotta rebook her. That's just the way they present her really was awkward to me and uh, another weird match where it seems well, like hey, we ladies, got jericho and hbk please i got my piece here i know i didn't want i i bluffed like i didn't you should have called me on it i just oh. want to gush on this match i was hiding it i know i acted i acted so carefully and carefully and like i didn't care about jericho hbk oh i need this is like christmas right now because that hbk entrance where they're talking about his eye and oh do i love a good Shawn michaels eye like joke but to it's have like it, that they acknowledge it to have him come out it looked it was like a 2k19 segment when like michael cole or jim ross records the audio over it it was one of those greatly tight-knit scripts they were reading about Shawn michael's eyes like i wrote it and at the same time he's wearing this cowboy hat and he's done this since we've seen it where the cowboy hat's there so you can't see the cross eye and you always wonder if it's on purpose 
Anyone who saw this entrance knew it was. Kevin Dunn designed that hat. I swear to God. Because they're talking about his eyes. So you're like squinting trying to see that fucking eye. And you can't because the shadow. It's Kevin Dunn is directing it perfectly. Where the camera guy is. Which angle. The sh- Oh, I loved that we confirmed that he knows about his stupid eye. He hides his dumb eye. His hat's ugly. The hat's worse than the eye. Just take off that hat and let us see your eye. Well, and I, we went a different way on this because I thought the hat was there to cover up the bald Shawn Michaels. I oh. I guess when I was young, I never even noticed or cared. But now I'm looking at it like, oh, my gosh, he's got like no hair. He needs to go to 4 slash the whole fucking show and get two months for, uh, free of 4 him. You know who I hate with hair is Triple H now that I've seen him so long without it. On this pay-per-view later on, we'll get to this, but let's talk about it for a second now. Because we see your girlfriend, Eve. Oh, you must have been swooning. Oh, my God. Gushing. <laughs> yeah, it was roll tide time for Vleet Dog. You turned into the Vleet Dog. You covered Ralph's ears and started howling. But please, please. <laughs> so Eve comes out of nowhere, and she sucks. But Triple H somehow sucks more than Eve. Like, she should have been the WWE champion this night. You can tell she's really athletic because she can't interview him, like, to save her life. But he's doing this intense walk he does when he's champ. He just wants to be the toughest, like, badass. It's borderline Scott Steiner on a motorcycle douchey. It's worse. Because I also (laughs) realized during his entrance when he gets on the turnbuckle and does his hail thing, the only reason he's doing that is because the crowd mimics it and hails him back. He makes me sick. I hate this fuck. I hate his entrance. And you know what, ladies, you and I, have, right, we're going to just talk about Triple H Edge. Because you and I have had this Edge debate all year, all 2008, if you will. About, like, you want, I didn't think he was a main eventer for a while because this Undertaker feud and Undertaker looks so good. Must have been Edge's fault. Edge was amazing on this pay-per-view. And by contrast, after, <laughs> after Edge's unbelievable entrance where his eyes and expressions were so over the top, but in a, in a an engrossing way, in a good way, to see Triple H come out to this douchey song, Time to Play the Game, that song is perfect for what a douche this guy is. I hate that band. I hate that singer. I'm glad he's dead. I hate what? that song. Fleeties, it's my time. That, I'm, I'm sad the DX singer's dead and he sang my time. But I'm happy Lenny's dead and he sang the shit douchebag. How douchey is that song? And I know, Fleeties, you like Alter Bridge, so I'm, I'm talking to the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about, but you're like, whoa, you don't like Motorhead, bro? You're talking to a guy who listened to three Megadeth albums consecutively <laughs> yesterday. Like, I, I have been in that realm of music lately. I've, uh, I just found out what Five Finger Death punch was and i don't know how i've lived since 2007 without daily listening to five finger death ladies that's my favorite album of theirs and i (laughs) love i I love how i'm over here ranting about triple h and it's just the camera cuts to you zooms in and it plays what's in your head and it's just the breakdown of his theme song yeah well it's just whatever whatever i think of terrible triple h or like uh, motorhead music songs everyone always would point out to me uh evolution is a mystery oh, and then everyone that. will go it's not a mystery okay it's been proven i do like Science. that one all right you, you finally saved lenny i'm sad he's dead i know that was the goal today so turn me around on that and but triple h will never turn me around on cut that fucking hair he looks like an idiot fuck it definitely looks like he's just trying to keep it long now and once he cut it yeah we were all like what are you doing now you're not a wrestler but watching this long hair triple h is oh. like Let's we're adults. Let's cut that hair. It's because Edge. Edge looks uh, great. Because he's being actor Triple H, like in Blade, when he's being a tough guy. He's walking around like he's the Blade character, and he's so. And then he gets on the ropes, and get that camera on me when I say he gets on the ropes. He does the fucking. Enough. We'll get to that, and we'll say all this again. I'm enraged. Vladius Chris Jericho faced HBK, and the match was stopped because of an orbital injury. HBK was already cross-eyed because he was thrown into the TV. Now Jericho took off a belt, wrapped it around his... I don't know what he did. Wrapped around his hand and punched him with it. Please, I took a shit during this one. So what actually happened to Shawn Michaels? Was there a pinfall, or did Dr. I Mam fucking ruin another match? I think the referee actually stopped it just because he wasn't fighting back. It was one of those... Like, you know, in real in real fighting, when the person stops defending themselves, the referee's allowed to stop it. And there was... Uh, just kind of an elbow to the face, and it was a great spot because it wasn't like it was – it really looked like it was on accident. Like it was just there's here's an elbow to get Sean off of him, and then Sean collapses, and suddenly blood's flowing out of his face. And Jericho 
just kept punching him and was, you know, he, he had like, he kept looking at his hand like, this is what I'm going to do. How and he can just you kept root fucking mashing guy? his face in. How can you root for Shawn Michaels? How do you feel sorry for him after what he did at Crown Jewel? Oh, wait, no, let's go back to 2008. <laughs> How can you feel sorry for him after he lied anyway to start all this? He faked his injury with Batista. Then he lies about it. Then he goes into Jericho's face and says, she'll never be me. Tell your kids at bedtime, their daddy will never be Shawn Michaels. That voice, I can almost do it. Uh, I, I don't know how this character can have any sympathy because I'm not giving it to him. But ladies, then Redhead Natalia comes out. And I love this because that feud's not done. Jericho makes another appearance after this match. And now, is this Undertaker's wife, Michelle McCool, ladies? It is. I don't know if they were dating at all. I'm not really up on the... Uh... The Total Divas of 2008, but yeah, this uh, this is Michelle McCool who's with Undertaker, and this is Natalia who is Jimmy Anvil Nyhart's daughter, and <laughs> this should have been a kick-ass match. What the fuck happened? I thought it was amazing. Now the redhead <laughs> Natalia, she was trying to be straight fire before her time. She should have had a little more steampunk in there instead of whatever the fuck that was. And it, she was in shape, though, and that was surprising to see. Now I see what Tyson saw in her when I saw Redhead Natalia. And this is for the first ever Divas Championship. And considering that's a cursed word and it's supposed to be like when this... It's interesting. Divas title debuts here. Last TV14 event. A lot of bad things are supposedly happening. We're going PG. We got the Divas. This match, if this is supposed to at all symbolize the Diva era... I don't think it does. How about when Natalia lifted Michelle McCool up and dropped her on the ropes like a guy would do? What were you so mad about here, Valides? Well, no, it was like, maybe it was just, maybe it was the championship. Because I remember when they announced the Divas championship, I thought this was the Kelly Kelly versus Don Marie in a whipped cream match title belt. Like, I thought it had a theme to it. I thought it was going to be one of those. And then you have two wrestlers fighting for it. It was great. And and, And it was just, I don't know, it just didn't seem... Why bring this belt and not really explain it? Like, is it, is one going to go to one brand? Is one going to go to the other? It just, it was very confusing why we were bringing in a second championship. Wait, why did it, you want Bunny Mania 2? We already got that, ladies. We got a competitive match for the butterfly strap. Remember, this is the belt AJ Lee held for 4,010 days. This is the title that signified women's work rate, wrestling, the Divas title. What are you talking about? I don't know, a little leg hook and it's over. I don't know. It just forgot that. It, it could have been at least a 34 minute epic. Like I wanted to see like if this was like Seth Rollins, triple triple H at WrestleMania, it might've got the belt over. But when you're telling me this is the, the first ever divas championship match. And it's like a four minute, like kind of slop fest. Was it like four if this minutes? Was velocity, okay, man. This is the velocity television championship. I swear this was 15 minutes and there was spots. I, I don't know, Belides. I watched a lot of wrestling today. I, I maybe <laughs> I watched Hulu Raw. Okay, I, all I can think about is Baron Corbin. Every time I try to picture Michelle McCool, I'm like, yeah, he's Undert- the only per- he's the only person on Hulu Raw. I just keep thinking, Undertaker fucked him. What the fuck? He was the first ever Divas champ. Michelle McCool <laughs> wins, right? All right, I assume she did. Michelle and- wins with like a heel hook, and yeah, it just I don't know. Like I said, this belt was introduced and not really explained. It wasn't like. Okay, we're gonna have the SmackDown's gonna have the Divas Championship, or if you're the Divas Champion, you get something. It just we have a Women's Championship which we're already ignoring, and we're bringing in another belt. Here we go. It's a revolution. They're getting more prestige. I loved it. And then, but people were leaving, and Chris Jericho saw that and ran up before they did, and told everyone to keep their ticket stubs because this was the night of Shawn Michaels' last match. He's getting heat, ladies. That's what they call it on something to wrestle with. He's talking shit. After breaking his eye again, this feud sucks, and it's going to just keep happening. But we go from that into a Batista-CM Punk match. So, Valides, what did you think of the Chris Jericho? I like how he just came out on the stage and cut a little promo after the women's match. And then we had a very surprising match. A lot of people probably don't know what happened. Batista versus Punk. Talk to yeah, me about I, that. Yeah, I enjoy the Jericho promo. I like uh, I, I like these 08 pay-per-views where there's just, you know, a, a random guy will come out and cut a promo after his match or before his match. It seems like we've really gotten away from that where we just have like someone come out and like, I fucked up. Like if when Ambrose beats Rollins at TLC, if he comes out at the end and goes, I beat Rollins tonight in this cesspool San Jose. And then he puts on his gas mask and takes a shit and walks away. I'm going to be like TLC 2018 was great. But I, I enjoyed Chris Jericho's little promo here and then, yeah, led into um, 
a match I totally forgot happened. This wasn't hyped up to be a moment in time like Triple H and Cena. Ladies, I just want to get to Kane's unbelievable bag. What's in that? That mysterious little sack. Oh, what a creepy bag he's got. I know it's going to be the worst thing of all time because I'm too interested. And I know it ruined the match. Uh, very, I was zoned out of most of this match, though. This seemed like, from what I saw, I saw Punk's comeback. He couldn't hit that bulldog, Felidis. Batista kept reversing it. <laughs> but it seemed like we were trying to really push. He is a competitive champion. He belongs here. But when you look at everything that happens, I didn't get that feeling at all. Where Batista's about to beat him. Kane comes out with the mysterious sack. Beat him. And then Michael Cole calls it a monster's revenge. And then starts chanting, monster's revenge. Monster's <laughs> revenge. Then Punk holds up the belt like he won. And Batista beats the fuck out of him for it. He makes his face like, you're an intercontinental champion at best. Batista bombs him. I didn't understand uh, a lot of it, but then you remember it's Drax. It's Batista. Maybe he right. should do this to anybody. He should just grab anyone from the locker room, drag them out like a lifeless Daniel Bryan that time Kane did it to him. So it is Batista, ladies, and we have to remember that. But poor CM Punk, poor world champion. Yeah, this, this match was awkward for me, and this is one of the problems with watching something where – we know we already know all the backstory of like, oh, well, CM Punk was the champion, but not really treated like such. And, you know, the title doesn't make the man. And, you know, Batista was so over and like it just seemed like he was the champion going into this match. And wave ladies, he, help me out. Was Batista more over than Punk? Because I swear I thought I heard more Punk cheers. I feel like after watching this 2008, I want we watched Batista versus Umaga at WrestleMania with nothing on the line. And Umaga, like, it just seemed like the most important match. The fucking crowd was so into it. And I was so into it. And it made me realize this fucking Batista was awesome. And watching CM Punk, we're, we all, the internet, like, WrestleView.com loved <laughs> CM Punk. 411 Mania loved CM Punk, but just watching it, like me, me and all the other casuals, we were into Batista, a badass who just wants to kick your ass. And CM Punk just looks like a little kid out there. Like call it a body business, whatever you want. Watching this guy go in there against Batista, it's like Kevin Owens and Goldberg. People are upset that Kevin Owens got squashed. It's like I don't know. Like Goldberg looks like he could squash anybody. So I don't really believe. He makes me not believe Kevin Owens is champion. So this match was kind of hard to watch. I might have been like you just zoned out a little bit. But believe um, he was kicking him in the head. I know he's a little pudgy and he's little. And Coca Ban is more be believable against Batista. But he was getting his leg up. There was one really good CM Punk kick to the head that dropped Batista. And I wish Vince McMahon was on commentary for it. Because we couldn't do it justice with Mike Adamley. I don't even know who it was, Vlitis. Taz should have been talking right in the yam bag. What's a yam bag again? But please it's, give CM Punk some credit. Don't tell me what a yam bag is. This is a family show. Yeah, I, I'll give Punk credit. Like at this time, I was rooting for him. It was so cool when he won the belt. I think maybe just ten years of me thinking he was mediocre and him—he makes me think wrestling's fake. Like watching him versus Cena is like Punk counters every move, making me think he's like this incredible reversal wrestler. Like you're like you're playing. Uh, SmackDown versus Raw, and you have the difficulty all the way up. Like, he just counters everything. Of course, he's the best in the world. It's like, no, he's not selling anything. He's just fucking blocking, blocking, blocking. And then, yeah, throw a kick. Like, whatever. Like, fuck this guy. New, I, next match. Ladies, Let's I talk can't about wait. Some real wrestling. The next match is when this pay per view starts. I'm excited for it. But I can't wait till we talk about uh, SmackDown this week after this so I can gush about Xavier Woods versus the other tag team wrestler. But, ladies, it's finally happening. This must be JBL's second greatest match. JBL versus John Cena. And ladies, this, is hap this happened because JBL, with his own personal security, tried to take over Raw. Raw was without a leader. And JBL saw a chance for political power. What a great storyline. I wish I was paying attention. And I loved how this started with the limo pulling up to the parking lot with this song playing. It should have been playing through a car stereo on one of the cars. Or on his car with a window down. But yeah, I loved how his entrance works even better in a parking lot brawl than it does in real life. And it pulls up, ladies, and there's a parking lot with four Commodores parked in a circle. And JBL somehow looks fatter with a shirt on. And when he gets sweaty, he really looks fatter. But Vladis, I loved this masterpiece of a match. What do you think of the entrances and setup? I, I liked this whole thing. And I remember liking it a lot, you know, when I first saw it. And 
whenever you're in a video game and you choose parking lot brawl or whatever, it doesn't live up to this hype in real life. And this one did. I think this match was awesome. Oh, or this brawl was awesome, rather. And, yeah, I really, it was just cool to see them pull this off. So I, I was into it. I liked the entrances. I wish there was, like, instead of entrance music, I wish they both came out to, like, the same kind of beat. And we were doing, like, a West Side Story kind of a deal. We were snapping our fingers, walking towards each other. I would have been more into that. Cena's entrance was even better because we didn't hear his song. We just heard a wrench drop in the distance. This was some Cena evil cane shit. This was Cena evil. We didn't know where he was. JBL got creeped up. His nipples perked up. He started poking through that fucking very professional button-up shirt. And he was looking around everywhere. And, um, Vladis, this gets ferocious. Of course, it starts like any parking lot brawl where we're punching, throwing on car cars. We go through some windows, and I thought it was going to get no more extreme than that. Please, there was a car on fire and John Cena was in it. What the hell was this? This was unbelievable. (laughs) How did they pull this off? It almost was like when you watch wrestling, you notice the cameras look different than when you're watching a movie. It almost is like, hey, we're going to make a movie, but just use wrestling cameras. And these guys did a great job. I wonder if this was this had to be pre-taped like earlier that day or the night before. Right. Well, that's the magic of it, because I'm convinced it must have been as I'm watching it. But the way they segue to live is so perfect. The way Cena is worked up and out of breath, like in the car is perfectly dented and JBL still in it with the sweat fresh. It's like part of it was pre-taped. Part of it was live. I don't know how they did this, but it was so well done. And no commentary almost made it creepier, more awkward. I would almost like a bagad by somebody. But uh <laughs> But without it, it was like, oh, my God, he just went through that window. And all I have is my thoughts to commentate it. Your imagination can go wild. Ladies, this was basically a, a house of horrors. This was a parking lot of horrors match when I was watching it. And, yes, when it goes live, I love that segment of the match even more than the parking lot brawl. Yes, we got cars on fire. We got forklifts into the side of cars, lifting cars, bringing it to the arena. But all the fun stuff almost happens on the stage. Right when Cena gets out of the forklift and poses on the car, Cena must pose. I love that. But the crowd freaked out. If I was there, I would have jumped the fucking really naked. I was marking out watching this 10 years later. It's like fucking Super Cena emerged from the flames. And now he's standing on the car, rising. So inspirational. How did anyone ever hate this guy? Ladies, I know that we chant that he can't wrestle. But the parking lot brawls count because I think he can wrestle if they do. Yeah, like you can't wrestle, but you can parking lot brawl all night long. He no, this was great. It was entertaining. I kind of wish they did more of this stuff, but with the shatter glass in the arm, it's just not going to work out. I remember WCW did. We might have to watch some WCW because I feel like they did a hardcore match at like a junkyard. So we're going to need to really uh, evaluate what our next move is because if this was in a junkyard, I can only imagine. The, the physicality that we would have witnessed. Oh, and the referee for this match, Felides, he's now the main ref. I don't know how seniority works, but he's referee A. He's on the A team. He doesn't have to put together the ring anymore. But it was weird to see him young, because I'm used to seeing him in 2K19, old. But to see a young him yell, please, G- John, Cena's in there. And he's yelling, fire, fire. It's like, yell fire before he does it. He's holding a lighter. With gasoline, start yelling. He waited till there was a fire, this ref. He really has patience. And then uh, Cena's in there. I just love seeing this guy, Vladius. He couldn't control the parking lot brawl, but let's not hold that against him. He was young. I feel like today that referee would have stopped that fire. Yeah, he would have got physical. Mike Kyoto would have ran in there and shoved some dudes. But with the parking lot brawl, it is silly that they had a referee. It almost seems like it should be the the old video games like SmackDown, the first one where just numbers are appearing on your television set. Just one, two, three, ding, ding, ding. Like that just happens a lot. Like it's almost like baseball. We can almost do, we don't need human refs anymore. We got computers. This thing's taken care of. Cena and JBL can call this on their own. What a finish. Through the wind, that was a real windshield. That's no, I can't imagine this was at all faked. The way he jumped in and it broke, that must have been so scary, I couldn't have done it. That's scarier than any backyard wrestling gif I ever saw. Go ahead, jump off the rafter in the gymnasium and miss your table. You're just lucky a windshield wasn't there. Cena dove right into the damn thing, and JBL wins. How appropriate. J- uh, JBL beating John Cena isn't easy to write back in 2008 for but when it's a parking lot brawl it writes itself that's jbl's match no matter how uh 
presidential he may appear as he takes over Raw and becomes its leader, he's still the uh, Texan at heart. Yeah, he's still. I mean, even though he's from New York and he and he hates the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, he's still he can get in a parking lot and do some damage. So I really enjoyed this. Uh, and yeah, this was a good. It was nice to have this on a pay per view because it almost seems like. Uh, like uh, what was that? The ultimate deletion is just like, oh, we're gonna close out a raw, you know? Like, no, this was cool to have on the pay per view. JBL was taking crazy bumps in this match too. I thought he was gonna take a fu on the stage, but he still took three of the five moves of doom on the stage. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and really, just after this match, we got to see Edge kiss Alicia Fox. That's the scene we already talked about earlier. And Love it. We see Eve Torres, your favorite, with her awkward backstage interview with Intense Triple H. I hate intense Triple H. Poofy your hair back up and be silly. I'll cringe a little less, but I'll still cringe. And then, Vladis, it happens. Edge versus Triple H. This is our main event of the evening. And we talked about that, Triple H. Don't make me sing the song again. I want to just uh, dub over the old song and did fix it just, these. But it did, did this just hit you watching this pay-per-view? Because like he still comes out to this song, so... Have you always hated the Motorhead song? When Early on, I did. When we went from my time to this, it always felt over the top, and I keep using the word douchey, but it's perfect. It's just <laughs> what this is. It's that Goldberg it's perfect. It's that Goldberg barbed wire tattoo in an entrance song. And I did despise it early on, but I kind of liked that he was diving into his game character, and it, it kind of matched his intense entrance, but I didn't realize why it matched it, because the entrance was douchey, too. Fuck this guy. I finally kind of cycled back after taking it because he was using bow down. I like that one a little bit. Bow down to the king. Ladies, there's not that's not douchey at all. Drive down the highway blasting bow down to the king and tell me that's douchey. Now put on time to play the game and keep your windows rolled down. I dare you. You'll never let anyone hear you listening to that fucking game. <laughs> it song. was it was on one of the wrestling uh, CDs, and I had it, and it was a skippable song. It's not my favorite Motorhead song ever, and it really was. I feel like it was created for him to look to the left in that guitar part where it's like, yeah. It is a really douchey, like when Cena does. He does his little OK signs to once the chorus hits the second time. Like, uh, I'm you know these guys have to have that. It's all choreographed, but yeah, it was. I remember at the time being like you where it's like, how do you have the best entrance song with my time? And you go to this. And I guess after all these years, I just my time is so perfectly placed in the Attitude Era. Once he gets to the Motorhead song, it's like, OK, now we're leaving the Attitude Era. This is a new Triple H. He's marrying Stephanie now, by God. Does it match the colors during his entrance? That guitar riff of Motorhead doesn't match the green and all the colors that are going on. The beginning part of that entrance might be the only good part. And now we fucked it up by changing the song. And don't dismiss it as, oh, it's choreographed. Because it'd be one thing if it was just some one shitty wrestler. This is the fucking boss's daughter's husband who's taken over the company, started NXT, and now Asuka's entrance is just as choreographed. As she bites her mask and looks at the camera just how Triple H told her to. Yeah, and even bite it harder. It's fucking too Triple H-y. Enough of this shit. I don't need the fucking... What are those guys? The brothers with the hammers? The Sledgehammer brothers? Who the fuck are they? The major brothers. We just <laughs> talked about them. They're the Edgeheads now. We don't need the fucking Sledgehammer brothers coming out and taking four steps, looking at each other for three seconds, <laughs> then taking <laughs> facing forward, taking three steps, holding up their hand. It's this whole fucking dance for everyone because Triple H would do it that way. And let's make the song douchier because mine is. I hate this fucking guy. We need Shawn Michaels running NXT. Bunch of guys who don't give a fuck get out of breath during their entrance. Just you know, <laughs> wing it. Do a d dance out there like a homo. I don't know. Wear right? a hat. Cover up the hair and the eye. Anything but this pirate gook that's on NXT now. But ladies, we're in 2008, and Triple H is just as terrible, if not worse. But Edge, those fucking weird puddle of mud singer eyes he has that cave into his head. He Ed does look like the puddle of mud singer. I I've, I've said that his whole career. You got that from me. I said it. No, oh, you, did you? you yeah, said I he looks. You, you said he looked course. like the Alter Bridge singer. But I love Alter Bridge, but no, he looks like Wes Scantlin or however you pronounce his name. Everything's so blurry. 
Edge and Christian season two is here, and it's amazing. I just watched ep- well, episode two, anyways. We already reviewed the brilliance of episode one, but the iconics are coming, as I saw in the preview. It, there's a great HBK Lost Smile preview, ladies, where, he's like, <laughs> where they, they get him in that interrogation chair, and they're like, we wouldn't want you to lose your smile. And he goes, it's been 21 years, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love I love this show. I don't oh Sean Mooney lost his pants in the last season. So they're trying to find him and they found this treasure map to his pants. Leads him to Carlito. Spoiler. You're not supposed to know that's gonna happen. Oh, they're supposed to know that. That's the joke. I love how absurd this fucking show. Oh, and there's this great interview where they do what JT does, where they take an AJ Styles interview and uh fucking they just cut clips and edge makes new questions like he's the interviewer and they just have aj styles talking about like he wanted to be in cats his whole life and he gets all emotional and starts crying (laughs) about the moment where it happens oh it's just it's so absurd and great philidius once i'm in five years when i'm edge's age and all my edge is gone i'm gonna replace the meanness with absurdity we're gonna be just like edge and christian well, and watching the Edge and Christian show, watching this pay-per-view, you've been saying it this whole year that he's not a main eventer. Is Edge a main eventer? Yes, Felides. Sorry, I was turned down. I couldn't even let you hear me say it. Oh, I was just th- I thought it four times before it felt right. Because yeah. to me, he always was. I remember you and uh, our old friend Danny Richardson saying Edge isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, like the WWE Hall of Fame has first ballots and second ballots. But I always just thought Edge was over- Edge was a top guy, as top guys go. He is on the same plane as a lot of these main eventers. And during this time, I don't know if – like. I can't imagine this year without him or the year before. Like, Edge is a, is a main player. All right. Edge is a main eventer, but Christian, after Edge retired, wasn't. Christian and TNA, total main eventer. Once it came back and was shooting his swagger, it really put me back. And, like, I was you. I was just Kevin Scampoli. Like, after, a, after 20 years, it's too soon for this guy to be the ECW champion. Christian Cage, main eventer. Christian, no. But Christian... I love that the story and something to wrestle with of why that theme song existed because Vince was like, I want, I want orchestras. I was like, Christian. <laughs> oh, listen to the Christian episode of something to How wrestle with. How do they pick that? Yeah, it's like he's, he's going solo. We got to distinguish him. Vince had a vision like he always fucking does. And no one else has me and Vince's vision. That's our curse. We got to deal with everyone else's Joe Poppy. And then there's two Vince McMahons in the world, me and Vince McMahon. Felidis, 2008 is on fire. Edge kissed Alicia Fox, and I hope this goes somewhere. I feel like this could really lead to some beautiful children. His eyes and her eyes? Imagine that. Oh, my God, Felidis. Give yourself uh, shivers, huh? Talk about A-boy. Put it back. Felidis, what a goddamn pay-per-view. I don't... But I again, if let's say because this all started with Unforgiven 2008, what feels like years ago now, but months ago, weeks ago, and we started in January. I feel like if we watch, say, this pay-per-view or any of the other two before this, instead of Unforgiven, we would not touch this year. Like, these pay-per-views aren't Unforgiven 2008, let's be honest. We're enduring this year because of Unforgiven, but if we watch John Cena in a car on fire, maybe we would come back. That was awesome. But we, that- I, would, I was going to say this we probably would come back for. But, yeah, you're definitely right with, like, Night of Champions. We would, like, uh, even with the whole A Moment in Time, Cena and Triple H, two. And I remember watching. I saw that match. I didn't remember it whatsoever. I, like, you, like, you remember big matches. You remember Rock Hogan. You remember Rock Austin. I did not give a fuck about Cena Triple H, two. And I, I think if we would have watched Night of Champions, we would have just thought, eh, well, 2008 sucked. But with some of these other shows, I definitely think, like, we've been sucked into this 08 world where I'm all, I can't wait to watch No Mercy, too, because I don't re- I stopped watching in September of 08. I watched Unforgiven. And then everything else, I've gone back and rewatched stuff, obviously, with the network. I don't remember any of it because it's not happening in real time. So can't wait for us to cover that stuff as well. Ladies, what's next? No Mercy? Did you say it? Didn't we already watch that? We I think we got no a SummerSlam. We got one of the big what? four. Are you, does Triple H face Booker T at this one? Don't spoil it. All right, tell me. Does he? No, that, I don't think that's this one. I think Booker T's in TNA during this paper. No, this is when he's King Booker. 
He debuts at as King Book at SummerSlam. He debuts. I read it in the WWE Encyclopedia the other day. I was super high, ladies. I fucking love that encyclopedia. Do you have that, ladies? What volume? I do not have the volume. Um, however, <laughs> Triple H is not fighting King Book. Yeah. He's actually fighting the great Kali, so we're in for a good treat come SummerSlam. Ladies, 2008 is exciting. I hope it can maintain. It's the biggest party of the summer coming up next, and this is the big test. I just said Great American Bash should be. Let's see. See what SummerSlam does. I think Edge faces Undertaker again. Fuck this shit. Who's on the cover, ladies? Uh, I'm looking at the poster Sable? now, and it's your favorite. It's uh, Roll Tide Maria. Oh, God. Wait, Maria. Why don't I know who that is? She's oh! the Santino one, yeah. <laughs> Say with the one with the leaks. Yes! I wasn't picturing like a fat janitor Mexican lady for some reason. Oh, right? and, and I just saw the theme song. You're going to love this theme song. But Jet Black Stare, Ready to Roll, what a song. Ladies, we got through it. Next week, we'll review SummerSlam, but we're not done today. We're going to have a slight intermission right now like we do every week. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk about 2018. I know we're late with the Wilder Fury, but God damn it, ladies, it's just scheduling. I couldn't wait for this fight. It was the biggest fight of our lives. I, I can't wait to discuss the very appropriate outcome that I couldn't agree more with. Ugh, so, gross. ladies, please, don't talk to me like that. You know I'm right. We're going to talk about that in a second. Show I know you're going to win me over, but let me just put it on the record now. Ugh. I almost went full Floyd Mayweather. Show me respect as a man. I don't interrupt your post-fight interviews. Sorry, I've been watching a lot of wrestling and post-fight boxing interviews. There's so many good compilations of Mike Tyson just in general. They're like, what happened tonight, Mike? Were you sick or something? I broke my back. He's like, yeah. <laughs> my back is broken. Like, what? Is it like tissue muscular spinal spinal <laughs> i watched that 25 times and sent it to 14 people it's yeah it was like a nine clip. second clip i was like what is this spinal somewhere between awesome mike tyson clips was floyd mayweather getting mad at someone show me respect as a man oh to shane mosley's crew Let fucking bernard hopkins was in there interrupting his interview Come get some, Hopkins. And God damn it, don't get me started on the Hopkins fights I've watched. We haven't started the next episode yet. So, ladies, let's take a small break. Small uh, break. We're going to shine on. Uh, and I love doing two episodes a week with the man himself. I am Ryan Van Vliet. Stick around if you're here live. And if you're listening on some sort of a feed until the day that we die. We are. We are. We are. The whole effing show. We are. Oh, right. We'll be right back. We're not leaving. Yep. Hey, 
anymore they aren't built to grind they're built weak soft they're used to second place trophies i'll tell you a story booker i i fought in a tournament and i took fourth place on the way home from that tournament i had a trophy in my hand and my dad said hey let me see that trophy and he threw it out the window while we were on the highway home i don't accept fourth place third place second place i was built to be tough i was built to last and I was built to get things done by any means necessary. Cruz also grew up watching John Cena, as you can tell from how thickly muscled he is. 